Welcome to AI Studios, a new podcast about the explosion of generative AI. We're holding a series of conversations about the latest in the field with some of the brightest creators, builders, researchers, and thinkers. The following is a conversation with Mark Hemeon, a designer, artist, and entrepreneur. Subscribe to our Substack at aistudios.substack.com. Very excited. Mark is an entrepreneur, painter, AI designer, and surfer. Mark, we are honored to have you. Um, go ahead. Uh, I've been a product designer for a long time, for about 20 years. And I have spent time at YouTube. And like you said, Meta is where we met, working with the AI team there. And it was fun. I, I, I had the neat experience to work with the uh with the group fair i don't know i don't know if they're still are they still called fair since it's called no the facebook ai research group they got they got reorged and they were folded into the metaverse thing okay i see okay well um back in 2018 the group i was a part of we had a really fun fun kind of uh purpose we would read white papers and see what was coming out of the research team. And then as a designer, it was like, how do you, you know, take these cool ideas and this cool tech, and then how do you come up with ideas around this? And um, we used a technique called one-pagers, which um, this gentleman, Andy Daly, kind of brought over from Google, which was this idea where on one slide, take, you know, try to represent your idea just on one slide. It was actually a really nice way to kind of focus things. And I think when we're talking about AI, <clears throat> excuse me, especially with creativity and AI, somehow figuring out how to nail your concept down is, is really important. So anyway, that's where I met Natalia and a lot of really amusing, smart, smart folks. Gosh. Um, I left, I left Facebook in 28, uh, 2019 actually to, to pursue art and to pursue, I've always wanted to, I've been an oil painter for a long time, just on the side. And I decided, um, after gosh, a, a pretty long time drawing rectangles, <laughs> I've wanted to paint. And so, um, during that, though, crypto came along and NFTs came along. And so I dove headfirst into that and had a really just marvelous time the last two years. And so, you know, I'm now I'm talking to you from my studio right now. I'm still painting. But gosh, the, with the advent of generative AI, it's been really I'm like so excited. I keep I'm like sitting here with code pen open right now for the first time, like making I'm making a bunch of fractals and, you know, telling chat GPT to like g- generate wave like images using p5.js and it just spits the code out and i throw it in a code pen look at it and just i feel like i'm at star trek i really do i feel like i'm talking to the computer on the wall telling it to just make things for me so anyway um sorry for a meandering introduction but that's that's kind of where i come from it's a you know born born in the tech software world now playing with fine art in my hands but getting back into the ai stuff so yeah thank you for having me i'm really excited to be here hi ashita yeah hey ashita. hey mari hey natalia uh, Mark, I got to say, I'm like, I'm very uh, inspired by your journey, um, you know, from <laughs> design um, to to art. And I've been following you for a while on Twitter. Um, so notice when, you know, the Wave Blocks, I think it was called Wave Blocks, right? Your project? Yeah, Wave Blocks. Yeah. Blocks. And like your OG oil paintings that you would share on Twitter. Um, you inspired <laughs> me actually to, you know, just like start. I love uh, painting as well. And yeah. I actually decided to recreate waveforms or, or waves and then like the ocean Good. Um, on Procreate. So <laughs> the other way, but um, yes. I would love to see it. I would, I would love to see it. I think, I think painting any form of hand art, digital sketching, or I'm sorry, not even on Procreate rather, 
using your hand. I don't know. There's just a different connection that happens in your brain. So I love that issue. I'd love to see it. You should share, share some, DM, DM me some of your work. I want to see it. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, you said a couple of things that was super inspiring. Um, and for those of you, hi, I'm Ashita. I'm Natalia's co-host. We, we actually work together at eBay and, um, I've like, we've been friends, um, since. And so, um, I, I forget how many years ago now, Natalia, uh, it feels like forever. I think it, we're, we're coming up on 10 okay, years. 10 years. So. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we've known each other. She's, um, for, for a long time, she's amazing. Um, me, I've been a PM for most of my career, trained as an engineer and now working on a generative AI little comics generator called Fantunes. It's um, fan comics for fan communities. And um, yeah, it's a little little bit about me, but kind of, you know, going back to, um, you know, the riffing on, on something that Mark mentioned. So Mark, you mentioned like you've been opening up CodePen again, like after a long time. Um, just kind of curious, like how do you think about the role of generative AI and like um, how does that sort of interface with, with designers? Like, does this mean the end of designers or... Does it mean anyone in the world the is now able to design in code? There's no question in my mind anyone can design in code. I believe anyone can paint, anyone can design in code. And the reason is, is because when we were five and six years old, everyone drew, everyone drew in class, everyone created, everyone made things. And as you know, as a, you know, being a PM and Natalia can, can, can probably relate to this, any engineer I've met, PM, CEO, um, CX person, everybody seems to have an opinion about what something looks like, how it feels, how it should run, right? I mean, you can't go to, you can't fly on a plane or have any experience without having some type of, let's call it an artistic opinion of the quality of the seat or the food or how something looks. It's innate inside of us, all of us. It's innate inside of all of us. Now, the level of taste that someone may have in their aesthetic point of view may vary from person to person, but at the heart, we all have an opinion. That's why we can all go to a museum, go to the MoMA, see a painting and say something like, I could do that or what? <laughs> something innate in all of us that wants to create. And I don't know if that's from a very biological sense to, to you know, put our species forward. But I think it's also from an emotional sense of how do we how do we take the things inside of us and bring those out into the world? And I would venture to say if I, I would, you know, did you get into tech and what took you to eBay and all these kind of places? And I, and I know Natalia enough to know that her spirit and what's inside of her. And it is probably in some form of this, how do we make the world kind of a better place? And I know that's cheesy and cliche. So when you ask me, what does generative AI mean? It does, it does allow anybody to make a fan comic, write a storybook about their child and put them in the center of it with the images and the what's inside of our imagination. I mean, imagine all the applications that can come out. And now you're not hindered because just because you don't know how to draw doesn't mean you don't get to make a picture. That's not fair. Just because I don't know how to code doesn't mean it's not okay for me. Like if I have an idea of something I want to create, uh, I, I shouldn't be limited by that because I didn't go to MIT or I have a computer science degree. Those things don't give you, there's no permission here. There's no class you have. You don't need a driver's license to make art or to code or anything. The only limitations are, frankly, probably time, intellect, right? The, if, like, I've spent a long time, I only paint the ocean. The reason I only paint the ocean is because it's so dang hard. And I've tried to, and I've spent a lot of time, thousands of hours figuring out how the shadows and all these things are kind of cast and 
And yeah, when I see a Twitter today, I just do it in a second. It's a little hurtful. It's a little offensive. Like, gosh, dang it. They're so fast at learning. However, now I can use that to push out even deeper ideas and even broader. You know what I mean? Like it pushes me. It's like I'm a little competitive with it, actually. I love that. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, there's so much about there's the creative inherent aspect of it, but it's also about meaning and people need meaning. It's one of these basic things about being human. Um, one thing I'm curious about, because, you know, you, you kind of, you have a range of, of mediums that you work with all the way from the traditional oil paintings, ink, graphite, but you also are somebody who's done AI design, design in general, AI design and so on. Like as an artist, what is your response to a lot of the generative AI that's coming out? For me, there's there's kind of this initial kind of reaction of scarcity mindset where I'm like, oh my God, no one's going to buy another painting. Oh my God, no, I'm, like, I'm not going to be able to make money doing my craft because why would you spend thousands of dollars on a painting for me when you can just, I don't know, kick up, go to an application like prompthunt.com. I don't know if you've seen that. You can go to prompthunt.com and just literally type in ocean painting. It will generate that for you in a high evolution that you can send it up to printful.com and you will have an oil painting somewhat on a piece of canvas in your house in five minutes. It won't be from me. It won't be from my hand. It won't be from my spirit. Um, but will it be as emotionally captivating to you? It might be. It might be. I don't, I don't know. So this is the, this is the issue. This is the question I have is, is it, it comes down to displacing um, how I make a living right now. That's what makes me nervous about it. And and can I evoke enough emotion into people and can I inspire them with this work when they stand in front of one of my paintings where they emotionally are moved enough to bring it into their home and have it be a part of their life? And I think that's what threatens everybody. I think it's what threatens engineers. It what threatens everyone with AI. I think we all all of a sudden feel very insecure of like, oh my God, I can't, how am I going to feed my family? What am I going to do here? Now, and sorry for the long-winded answer, but if you can flip the script on that and say, how can I use AI to augment the things that I'm doing already? Oh my gosh. Then all of a sudden everything opens up and you're going to be able to move faster, generate more ideas. And frankly, I, I, have, a, I have a pretty huge secret. There's only a few of you here and I don't know how far your, your pod has to go out. But a year and a half ago, I made a pseudoname in the NFT space and created artwork I just started Twitter account zero. I didn't time in. I didn't use any of my Twitter following or anything. I just wanted to see, can I create an idea that can live on its own? It was hand-drawn. And through that process, I used AI all the time to generate new characters, to come up with a story, to thread together the concepts. I, would, I was on ChatGP all the time, asking it questions, getting feedback back and forth. And the, na the name of that, I'm happy to share it, is called HeartU. If you go to XXHeartU on Twitter, you can see this whole... <laughs> other world and there were tons of nfts made and a whole other world made about this heart character with x eyes as a representation of emotion so um you need to cut me off because i'll just keep talking so please feel free to do that i i will not be offended no talking i think this is awesome i'm trying to as you're talking i'm trying to find the link and and um i'll, I'll collect all of those and, and and drop them in but yeah um i think this is very interesting the point yeah. about yeah go ahead well, and the other and the other thing I shared yesterday was that a lot of generative art that I'm seeing is just kind of like when people learn how to do drop shadows on Photoshop. It's just to see how it works and experiment with it. So I'm seeing a lot of weird pictures that are like 
make a lot of sense. You got to have some got to have some grit and concept to to the work. Even there's a lot of ocean paintings. Like sometimes when I do them, I'm like, huh, there's no drama here. There's no story. There's no focal point. There's no real reason. And and this is one of the challenges when you're good. If any any anyone listening, you know, pop over to take prompt hunt for example. It allows you to put a prompt in anything you want to say, and you can very quickly say. Um, a dog in a room full of balloons and it'll, it'll create that. But think about what, why are you doing that? Well, what is the purpose? Why, what are you trying to say? What are you, what point of view are you trying to express? And I think that's the key here is that what you said earlier in Italian about, you know, people are searching for meaning. We search for what it is about humans. We want meaning in everything, right? We look at astrology, numerology, we look at like whether we had a bad Monday and we want to like find, we want to ascribe meaning to everything. And so I think it behooves us if we dive into generative AI to really focus on concept, meaning, the why, as you guys have known, being part of really strong software teams, having a strong why galvanizes and focuses the efforts. It helps you say no to all the silly features that that try to creep in there. And I and I think that applies to generative art. Have a strong why. Know what you're trying to you know, spit out there. The the code pen thing I was trying to do this morning, I fell in love with art in the 90s with computers because I saw fractals for the first time. It has taken me 25 years to know how to code a fractal and I just did it this morning. And I'm so proud of myself and I didn't even do anything. I wrote a sentence into chat GPT and said, create a script that will zoom into a, uh, a mandible set uh, on the edge and just keep doing that over and over again. And I just did it with writing a sentence and I'm fully claiming it. And I don't know anything about math really, or how to write things like that. Even, even wave blocks was written by uh, my dear friend, William Nian, who has his own, you know, he has this JavaScript library. He slaved over. It took months and months and months. I'm pretty sure ChatGPT could code, could generate the code for wave blocks in a heartbeat. I'm nervous to even try because I don't want to, um, deflate the effort that we put in. I mean, it took us five to build wave blocks. It took a long time. Slaving over code and messing around with colors and all sorts of things. Oh, what's up, Kai? Seems some friends in here. Hey, Kai, welcome. Uh, Mark, I, I really love that story. So you were, I was just listening to you talk about it and it's like you you know, you were lighting up. Your your voice was like so excited. <laughs> you were talking about chat. You know, asking ChatGPT to create a fractal. Um, I'm kind of curious, like on on a related note, because you said something about um, art needs to, and I'm paraphrasing, it needs to evoke an emotion, right? Um, what's what's the point in creating something if it's just kind of sterile? And I, I feel like um, a lot of generative mm. AI art is beautiful to look at, but does it evoke an emotion? Um, so curious as, you know, if I, you know, I'm just kind of curious to kind of get your take on, um, what are some ways in which people could, could, you know, collaborate and co-create a, a work of art with meaning. And, and I'm kind of curious, like how you're thinking about, um, that from a lens of, you know, an artist looking on it from the outside. Oh, Stephen King has this great book called On Writing. Have you read it? I, I have, yes. It? It's excellent. I, I try to pick it up every year. And um, I think about his work habits. And I think he writes 10 pages a day, no matter what. And his kind of dedication to his craft, even though he's written so many, I don't even know how many books that guy's written at this point. But to me, 
how how to derive how to how to really put something excellent out into the world requires a certain level of just good old fashioned work. There's kind of no if ands or buts about it. And so I think, I mean, I'm going to answer your question kind of in a roundabout way. I think if you want to have meaning kind of start to emerge from if you're starting to use these generative AI tools, you're starting to build art and you're playing with ideas. I think you need to put the time in to really, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hours spitting things out, looking at them, talking about them, sharing them with people around you, getting their reaction or no reaction to understand, to understand what your subconscious is trying to tell you. There's something that drew you to generative art. I have another friend, I just saw him tweet out yesterday. He's like, oh my God, I'm like getting all this great stuff off of, uh, I'm having P5JS write all this cool stuff for me based on ChatGP. I'm going to mint it all on Tezos and drop it all really soon. And, um, and I know this person has been spending literally a month doing this. So what is, so what is that extra thing inside of a human that knows if something looks good and is appealing and conveys like we said, emotion conveys. And I think that just comes after a certain amount of work. I think we all feel pretty. My fractal is kind of ugly because I spent literally five seconds on it. It feels cheap. It doesn't feel weighty enough to put it out into the world and it, as a form of expression. So with that also is the idea that when you make art or you write or you talk to another human, in a lot of ways, you are channeling emotion sometimes the emotions angry or sad or happy whatever and all of these all of these mediums of expression music is a good one too are ways that we channel and communicate to another human being some form of emotion the reason i think that that ai is so scary for people is because we're saying is this false emotion is this you know manufactured synthetic emotion as opposed to like raw organic emotion you get from a human, I think that's what makes us a little bit nervous. My thing is, if you create a prompt that came from emotion, that came from your heart, that was heartfelt and whatever, the output, whatever the AI is creating from that, borrows from that emotion that came through you, that was channeled through you, and will be pushed into the end result. And it will be beautiful. It will be evocative. It will be memorable. It will have a point of view. And it will work. It will land. However, if you're cheaply just writing in prompts and you're not thinking and you're not putting in the work, it will fall flat. It just will. Because I think somehow, and I don't know how it works with the metaphysics of everything, but I do think there's some kind of energy transference that happens from prompt to output. Does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense to me. <laughs> you had me at metaphysics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works, but I definitely know. I can tell you which of my paintings I'm leaving my studio. I have, let me see, I have like 10 paintings around me right now. I can tell you three of these aren't going to sell. I did one of them when my son decided to son move back to Hawaii recently to live with my ex-wife with his mother. He's 16. So he has the opportunity to do that. It, it kind of broke my heart. I, I painted that day and I just wasn't there. I was, I was disassociated. That painting's not going to sell. I probably destroy it to be honest with you. I can just tell it doesn't have, doesn't have the thing doesn't have the thing you know what i mean and like having the thing the x factor the juice i don't know what the word is i don't know what the help me find the word yeah no i know exactly what you're talking about i yeah. have that feeling when i write and i i almost have this kind of a worldly feeling with certain pieces that i've written that are so 
so meaningful to me. I feel like it's I'm almost a channel for something greater where the words just come out. And I know it's perfect. And, and it, th- this is, you know, we're talking about words and writing. I, I f- I've had that experience a few times in my life. Um, but I think, you know, it, it could be obviously painting, writing. Uh, I don't know how to, how to, how to describe that. Ex- There's probably a German word for it or something. <laughs> <laughs> Any expression from a human is art. Any expression, writing, painting, you know, painting is the most obvious one because it's it's visual, music, code, uh, doing a slide deck, uh, holding it all hands, talking to doing a one on one with somebody. These things are all creative expressions of human emotion in one form or another. And that's why like people are like, oh, my God, that person's so authentic or wow, they're so vulnerable. It's just like we have so many receptors inside of us that pick up on the bullshit. We can tell when something's written by AI, but now we're at the point where, gosh, it's really hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't know if half of people's tweets are real or not. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I've been helping my fiance with her. She, um, she's, an, she's an energy worker, actually. And I've been helping her with her blog and all her stuff. And we cranked through it by using ChatGPT. Just got 20 blogs written. I got emails written for five months, all queued up in active campaign. Took, took three days good the quality is great it's based on her writing it's based on things she's written on in instagram before so i believe so i i feel okay and authentic i feel honest in what we're doing but um i would feel dishonest if i said a prompt like hey create for me um from scratch an article about wellness and health and you know and just spit something out that were not original ideas what i do is i put her she writes a lot of instagram i'll put that into ChatGPT and ask it to expand upon this and write it into a blog post that feels a little on that feels more honest to me so anyway that's that's kind of why i've been harping on what is the initial human interaction how much of your human energy are you putting into the generative portion that generates the ai that i'm sorry that generates the final art piece the final piece of writing whatever it might be and that's a question for each person to ask themselves like what level of effort and energy are you really putting into this type of you know, situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to double click a little bit more uh, on your experience of using, I'm assuming you're using ChatGPT to write some of these blogs. And I think you mentioned at some points there, there was a, like a commercial website you, <laughs> you, you helped generate, like what, you know, a few of us have actually used generative AI for like a real use case. And this is a great example. So just Tell us a little bit about your experience. How, what was the value? How did, you know, how did it go? What was the result? Okay. I'll give, I'll give a couple of examples. So, so heart you, I did a 10,000, one of these 10 K NFT drops, like were so popular in 2022. I dropped it in October. The name of the project was, it was called monomyth. And with, when you do a 10,000 generative drop, you have to create all these different assets in different kind of, you know, whether it's sunglasses or horns or whatever it might be, I wanted to get like really crazy. I wanted to add little creatures and all sorts of stuff. And so I, I use Midjourney through Discord and I just asked it to create for me all these different types of little monsters, these little like personas, and it would just draw this stuff for me. I would take that, save them down, put them into Procreate, trace over them, edit them and make them my own. That was one, that was one use case. Another use case today <clears throat> I'm helping a friend out with their brand and I, I literally have 10 ads. The ads are all for Facebook or uh, Instagram stories, Instagram reels, ChatGPT wrote all the ads. No problem. I already have the imagery. So it wasn't, so I kind of knew what I wanted. I'm going to send those all up today. 
I have to do a circle community for another friend. All the emails that are going out to say, hey, this is circle. This is what it is. This is why you should be a part of this. All done through ChatGPT. I have another friend I'm helping them out with their Patreon. <laughs> There's so many. Most people are like, they have this kind of basic of like, I got a newsletter. I got a blog. I have uh, a Patreon. I need to market it. So therefore, I need to do a social media post. And they have this very high lift on content marketing. And now with Canva and a bunch of really, really great tools, it's still a pain in the ass. Like it's a lot of time to write these emails, write these of ad copy. Chat you do all this for you in 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 a heartbeat, especially if you already have a bit of a bit of writing out there that you can kind of feed into it. Super, super fast. It's wonderful. It looks great. And it's kind of like, you know, it's one of these things that I don't think it's in your zone of genius. Right. Uh, I think that like, have you heard of that that zone of genius triangle thing? There's no, things- no, tell us about it. Tell us about it. Zone of genius is the idea that at the top of the triangle is the thing you're really, really amazing at. As you get down to the bottom of the triangle, it's a whole bunch of stuff that you're okay at, but you probably shouldn't be spending your time at. Like, I'm so good at dishes, and I love cleaning the house. It makes me so happy. That's not in my zone of genius, and I probably should outsource that if I can. Furthermore, I'm pretty good at writing. Um, I'm pretty good at, like, writing snappy ad copy. I'm pretty good at that. Where I'm really good at is branding, ideas. That's where I'm best at. That's where I should spend my time. And so AI is helping me kind of take that big middle layer of my triangle and, and offload all those things so that I can spend more time in my zone of genius. And, the, and that's, that's the promise of AI, in my opinion. It will help you get back to your zone of genius, to the one thing that you were put on this earth to do better than anybody else, or at least that you have a knack for that you'd like to pursue further, right? And I think that each person has something like that inside of them. They're inundated with the mundane. I mean, you know, I've raised three kids, I have 21-year-old daughter, 18, and now my son's 16. And I'll tell you, when you're in the mix of it and you're raising young kids, three and four, and you're going to work and you're coming home, and always, there's so much overhead in being a human. It's really challenging. You don't, you are not in your zone of genius. You are like in survival mode, paying the bills, you know, changing the diapers, feeding, putting food on the table, having dinner, putting people to bed, talking, you know, parenting, being... That's funny. Not to say AI is going to solve like putting your kids to bed. However, you know, with Ashita, with the work you're doing with these beautiful like zines and like fan based comics, if I had that with my son, guess what we're doing tomorrow night? We're pulling up your app. We're making our own comic together. We're sitting down together and we're talking about our favorite. You know, what I, I'm not sure who kind of what applies there, but he loves kaiju's and Pacific Rim, and he loves kind of like Japanese artwork. And if I had the ability to put him into that story and myself and generate that together, we are creating these beautiful core memories together. How special is that, right? And so I think we're going to see more applications. I saw another person just yesterday put out, there's a storybook AI out there where you can give it a prompt like a bear went into the, I tried this actually, a bear went into the woods and tried to eat the children. And it was really fun because it didn't, the bear tried to eat the children, but then the children like befriended the bear and the bear was just eating children because he was, you know, neglected by society and the children are like no we love you man come on in and the bear became their best the bear became a vegetarian became their best friend and it was like so clever and delightful right and it was awesome and it brought happiness you know so <laughs> i'm laughing at that imagery uh, so wholesome i gotta say um <laughs> now cool. i'm frustrated i am a little frustrated with the parenting of ai to be frank there is 
you know, I said, I was testing this the other day. I'm like, help me to write a sexy love letter to my, to my fiance. And ChatGPT had denied me. It said, oh, you should connect on like wholesome moral values and like spend some time together talking about your feelings. I'm like, hey, man. What's up with the morality police? <laughs> Let me write a sexy note to my fiance, my betrothed. And it like gave me this like long-winded speech about like how to connect on a deeper level. I'm like, man, sex is cool, chat GPT. Don't be don't be a wimp here. <laughs> it's a Puritan. <laughs> it was. It's a little moral. And then and then I saw someone else like asking. There's this thread going around on Twitter where like you can ask Chat GPT to give you generic formulations for drugs. So you give it a drug name. And, I, and, you know, I don't know if people are like, I, don't, I can't think of what, like maybe say like an antidepressant like Lexapro. And I think it will tell you what the generic version of that. And so people were saying, hey, this is a great way to save money on prescription drugs. Well, I said, okay, how do I make MDMA or what's the best way to grow psilocybin? And I got a whole speech of like, those are, those are illegal. You can't use those. Da, da, da. And that's fine. I get the safety precautions that have to be inside of these things. At the same time, I would like a little bit more freedom to in to kind of interact with these things as I would like to interact with them as a human. Because we all have this stuff inside of us. There's shadow inside of us and light and dark and all these wonderful things. And so I, you know, I'm curious to see how much, I don't even know how much policing is really happening. I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but I want to understand It'll be interesting to see how there. There's obviously a lot of principles and safety that's been built into these things, which I think is very, very, very important. Right? So, I can see my son, my six year old son, and they're like, "How do I make a firecracker? How do I make dynamite?" <laughs> you know, like I'm sure. I think it's an interesting trade off between guardrails and safety, and and sort of like being you know told what to do in like a rising yeah. condescending way. Like, um, totally, totally get what you're saying with the morality police. Um, I I want to open it up to the audience and like, um, well, audience is is like too big of a word to all of y'all who are like hanging out with us. Um, what questions do you have for Mark? Like, raise your hand. There's a little icon. And uh, ask away. And also want to shout out to my friend, Barad, who I noticed in the audience. Hey, Barad. Raise your hands. Don't be shy. Mark a question. I'm, ha- I'm happy to keep sharing. I mean, one, one share <laughs> with uh, Natalia when we were at face, Facebook Meta was um, I had met this PM there named Daniel. And he, Daniel, w- was working with a group of, of researchers who were, they were just so great at speech to text. And they had some of their stuff inside of Facebook Live and were doing kind of live, like real-time transcribing of text on the Facebook Live product. And he's telling me all about it. He's like, oh, yeah, it's like it's, it's a really fascinating problem. We have like 4,000 servers just like listening in real time and turning this stuff out. And initially, and Natalia, correct me if you know more history about this, but initially it was being built to look for things like threats, right? Like violence, guns, and these kinds of things. That was kind of the initial. Yeah, integrity was yeah. huge. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge investment for the company. Yeah. So yeah, that was the, the use case they started with. And so, and so then I was sitting there, I was like, well, gosh, this would be super cool on like Instagram stories because we had this other stat that said something like, nobody listens to stories with the volume on. And then AOC, Congresswoman, started sharing her stories with captions on them. And she had used a third-party tool and because she, she wanted her constituents to be able to, you know, whether they, whether they were hearing or whether they were deaf, she just wanted to be able to communicate to anyone at any time. And we, so Kat and was like, oh my gosh. And so then 
working with Daniel and a whole bunch of really smart folks, we figured out how to get those captions kind of into Instagram. There's a lot of, and that was, there's a lot of these machine learning AI kind of solutions that are part of the products that we use every day that we're kind of oblivious to, that we just think kind of magically happen. And I think that's another really beautiful, interesting thing to think about is like how, how might, because we think about generative AI and we think about these beautiful photos we're seeing from Dali and Midjourney, but you know what? There's also these very simple things that we can apply them to now that are very, very cool and very helpful and very pre- you know important. So. Yeah, no, no, I'm, this is like, you're, you're starting a subject that I'm like really excited about, which is what are going to be the new user paradigms and UX for a lot of this AI? Like we just don't know. And we we're now, it's only now that we're starting to see AI first applications of which like TikTok is, is the prime biggest example where AI is really at the core of the product. But I think, you know, it's very interesting to think about. Yeah, Did you play with the bold glamour filter on TikTok? I did. Holy I did. Shit. So here's here's my take on it. It made me feel like um, it, it, it. I looked wrong in many ways, um, and I, I was just thinking how you know, like any sort of like sufficiently advanced technologies, indistinguishable by magic or whatever Stevenson said. Yeah. Um, but basically, like I was like, if I were in the Middle Ages. I would be, be, I would, I would be branded a witch because this was like a, a full on, like, you know, change your appearance type it filter. For those, yeah. And for those who don't know, there's a filter on TikTok called Bold Glamour. Go try it out. Typically with a filter, when you move your hand over the eyebrow or the hair, it glitches. This thing doesn't glitch and it makes you look like a supermodel. It's crazy. It doesn't, it's crazy, right? So how honest is that? And, and, are we all going to start using that stuff because of our own insecurities with our physicalness, how we look? Yeah, this is just really, it's mind blowing. I haven't tried it yet, but I saw what it does and I'm just mind blown. And, you know, are we ever going to be real again? <laughs> Where are we going? Which is a kind of the other thing we, we, uh, um, I think we, we talked about before is like, are we moving towards a world where we're all going to be like those humans in Wally? <laughs> not do anything and float around in our bubbles um where do you think this is going mark we have like four I, minutes so so let's like let's riff on the future a little well, bit if there's any if there's all oh, guys if there's any questions raise your hand otherwise i'm happy to share just keep talking and hopefully it's it's interesting but um where is it going to go i think that i do think people go to the path of least resistance because i'll tell you the fact that I just stood up six months of blog content, six months of emails in two days is a godsend to me. And the, because I want to spend time doing other things. Now I've also, I also believe humans need resistance. We need to, we need to rub up against challenge. And if we don't, we become, I don't know, apathetic and mentally soft and physically soft, like the Wally people. And, I'm sure there is a Twitter account out there where the avatar is purely fake. Every tweet is written by AI. I know there's Instagram accounts out there like this already. Uh, and so, and that we interact with and that we applaud and that we actually start having an emotional relationship with and we start holding up. I don't know what the implication of that is for, because once we find out that's not, that person's not real, it's a pretty big letdown. And it's also, not only is it a letdown, it's also pretty, um, it's a little jostling. It's a little traumatic. So then it builds this idea of kind of mistrust, right? Like, like Natalia, I know you're not your avatar because it's <laughs> to such an extreme. <laughs> but if you use the bold glamour, 
and took that and took a screenshot of yourself and put it up on Twitter and represented yourself as something that you're not, where does that, is that okay? Did you do something dishonest or did you actually know you're just yeah. using yeah, the, out there. Uh, no I was a gremlin in um, the computer. Yeah. The I, get my the hair cut, my I hit mute everyone by accident. Sorry, everyone. No worries. <laughs> I was so, like, what is this? How did happen? <laughs> I was like, what does info? this button do? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. I don't know where we interrupted you. Well, that's okay. Info remix. Let's hear it. What, what's your question? Uh, been great hearing, great, great conversation. Thanks for inviting me up. Been following you since the Design Inc. days. Um, my design question, Inc. Yeah! <laughs> oh shit! Big Thank you. I, I uh, anyhow, uh, I know you're running time short. So my 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 question is, um, what what's your view on this decentralized decentralization AI tool uh, in the future ahead? Uh, what's the role going to be encountered those closest? Um, can you can you share a little bit more about kind of the the nature of the question, kind of what's the spirit of it? What, what, maybe share a little bit about your point of view too with it. So I can kind of, it. oh, so, you know, from the nonprofit OpenAI now, you know, close to a profit realm, all this collage, <laughs> which is like so how, funny, how by the see... way. Like, I'm going to start a nonprofit church, and then when I get $10 billion, I'll be like, just kidding, we're for profit, but that's another conversation. Yeah, Continue. <laughs> just wanted to see how important is have a kind of decentralized AI tool in the future. Uh, what's your view on other, other party art uh, doing this um, effort to uh, make it a more balanced uh, force, I'd say? It's so hard, even if it's decentralized, there's still someone, there's a human being who is putting their own pr- properties and their own perspective, their own kind of guidepost on it. Like you can't get away from that. However, I, I, I'm not, it's a really hard question. So I think, if I understand, are you trying to, are you asking like, how do you keep, should it be a decentralized AI model because that is like, will be the safest for humanity? Do you less, is that what you, tell me a little bit more about kind of, do you think we should, you think everything should be decentralized so that it can be like more honest and like less corrupted basically? <laughs> or, or let the common goods service up and build upon each other. Yeah. Uh, I think the acceleration would be faster for innovation in, in that realm. Yeah. Um, just, just kind of, I just want to hear your view if you have um, any. I, listen, I am an old Star Trek fan. I have crazy worldviews. I think we should all be from the planet Earth. We should all use one form of currency. We should stop killing each other and we should all be homies. And that, so to that end, I do think somehow technology should be as um, objective as possible without bias. Um, as a, uh, And also, accessible to everybody i hope open ai and chat gpt doesn't you know i'm paying 20 dollars a month i don't pay that for google but you know i trade google for my for my data i don't know what the right i think it has i think we're gonna have to figure out what are the right monetization models because you know servers and gpu cost money and i think that will inform control and whoever is controlling these things is going to eventually have their own political biases or their own kind of like how they view how society should be. That's the scary stuff, right? It's like, I don't know what Sam Altman's worldview is. I don't know what open AI's worldview is. I remember early days of Google, their whole don't be evil shtick uh, really resonated with me. And I'm like, I can trust Larry and Sergey. I can trust Google. It felt very trustworthy. I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel that way about Meta. I don't feel that way about a lot of companies. I don't distrust them either. I don't want to act like I think they're, you know, 
But I think when things get to a certain scale, it can be, it just can be really hard to like, how do you really have integrity through all these things? Like, I think someone just tweeted out, like, did Microsoft just get rid of their AI integrity team or something like that? You know, I, I don't really know. So um, I love your question. I, I don't have a clear answer on it. It's complicated, really, to understand how to, um, I don't know, make, make sure that, that AI is nice and kind and honest and has integrity. It's really, I don't know, Natalia, see if you guys have thoughts, I'd love to hear. Oh, I have so many thoughts. I worked, <laughs> I worked on this, but I think it's, it's going to be another hour long conversation. And actually we would allocated 45 minutes. Um, okay. so we want to kind of start wrapping it up. Um, Mark, thank you so much. I, I feel like I learned so much from you and I, I just think you have such a unique perspective because it's very rare that you get somebody who is an AI designer and a surfer and a painter. Like that is such a unique combination. I don't even, it, well, even when I was at Facebook though, I didn't really, if I knew Zuck was going to get into surfing and stuff, I would have like talked about it more. I was kind of embarrassed because I feel like surfers have like a, you know, that turtle in the Nemo movie, like, what's up, dude? I didn't want to be portrayed like that. I was like, oh, I, I, didn't go, I didn't go to Ivy League or anything. Like, I I grinded to get into. Yeah. You know, I, so I was like, not embarrassed, but like, I don't talk about it a lot. I don't talk about it a lot. That's of so things. weird because that's not my perception at all. I'm that's like, I just like, to me, it's like almost a spiritual thing. These people who go out there and, you know, you're so close to nature and the ocean for me is like a very special, meaningful thing. That's all, you know, <laughs> I just stare at the ocean to, to like find meaning yeah. and relax. So I'm just kind of surprised that that's maybe people think that. I don't know. I, I, that's, I it's my own insecurities on it. I mean, I, I, in, in, if we're you know, wrapping this up, I would just say, man, if you haven't had the opportunity to play with any of these tools, chat GPT, prompt hunt, mid journey through, you know, just DMing it through discord, uh, Dolly, whatever, like just start playing with it because you're going to find ways to make your life easier. <laughs> you really will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for coming. This is only our second conversation. So we're still ironing things out. We're figuring out the process. Uh, Mark, thank you for taking a chance on us where it's, it's early days. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make this better as we go along and uh, really appreciate your time. And yeah, looking looking forward to what's next. I'll I'll hand it over to uh, Ashita for for some for actually Ashita and Mark for final words. Um, no final words. <laughs> uh, all I'm gonna well, all I'm gonna say I lied. Obviously, um, thank you, Mark. Uh, you were so generous with your time, and I thought I learned. I I learned a ton, um, and it's amazing and incredible to meet like another fellow human with like this curious spirit and like a spark for like what's possible um, with, you know, these, these co-creative tools that we can use to leverage amazing art, tell wonderful stories and, and all of that. So, so thank you for stopping by. It's, it's my pleasure. I'm really grateful that you guys reached out. I don't do these spaces much. I, they're really fun. Um, and uh, I will, I will say I'm, I'm the only thing I'll plug is can I plug something? Am I allowed to? Yeah, plug, please. Please plug away. <laughs> I don't really have I don't really have much to plug yet, but um, I, I I it would it would be sure nice to if you guys want to DM me if you're doing anything in AI or if you have something that came up in this conversation of something that's really cool and interesting, you know, please send it to me in a DM. That's all. I just want to, my plug is a thirst to learn. 
you know? So if you want to send me something or tweet at me, I'd really appreciate it. And I, I'd love to catch up with it. And Kai, we got to catch up. We haven't talked in a long time. Thank Kai, you. Kai's one of my collectors down there. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I am going to plug that we are, we started this, uh, thesis and they're also going to, they're now a podcast as well as a newsletter. So please subscribe. I'm dropping the link in the comments right now and it's sending tweet uh, done. So it's there. So again, thank you everyone for your time. Really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to more of these, um, happy Thursday and take care. Take care. Bye everyone. Bye.